Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 151. The following is the recitation of Psalm 136, a.k.a. Perek or Mizmor Kuf Lamed Vav. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Hodu Ladonai Ki Tov Ki Leolam Chasto Hodu Lelohe Ha Elohim Ki Leolam Chasto Hodu Ladonai Ha Adonim Ki leolam chasto leose niflaot gedolot levado ki leolam chasto leose hashamayim bit vuna ki leolam Hasto Leroka Haaretz Al Hamayim Ki Leolam Hasto Leose Orim Gidolim Ki Leolam Hasto Et Hashemesh Le mem shalet bayom ki le olam chasto et hayareach ve kochavim le mem shalot balayla ki le olam chasto Lemake Mitzrayim Biv Horehem Ki Leolam Chasto Vayotse Yisrael Mitocham Ki Leolam Chasto Biad Chazaka Uvizroa Nituya Ki Leolam Chasto Legozer Yam Suf Lig Zarim Ki Leolam Chasto Vehe Avir Yisrael Betocho Ki Leolam Chasto Vitnier Paro Vechelo Viam Suf Ki Leolam Chasto Limolich Amo Bamidbar Ki Leolam Chasto 
למקה מלאכים גדולים, כי לעולם חסדו. ויהרוג מלאכים אדירים, כי לעולם חסדו. לסיכון מלך האמורי, כי לעולם חסדו. ולאוג מלך הבשן, כי לעולם חסדו. ונתן ארצם לנחלה, כי לעולם חסדו. נחלה לישראל עבדו, כי לעולם חסדו. שבשפלנו זכר לנו, כי לעולם חסדו. ויפרקנו מצרנו, כי לעולם חסדו. נותן לחם לכל בשר, כי לעולם חסדו. הודו לאל השמיים, כי לעולם חסדו. Psalm 136 is called by the commentaries Halel Hagadol, the great praise. And fair warning, there is a lot of, quote, great material in this episode as well. Hopefully worth it for you. This mizmor is said in our prayers on Shabbat and Yom Tov. The Talmud Yerushalmi says it has to be recited on Pesach at the Seder, along with the Halel section at the Seder, because back in the day of the Holy Temple, the Levites would sing this along with Halal HaMitzri, found in Psalms 113 to 118, while people were bringing the sacrificial lamb of Passover, a.k.a. the Karban Pesach. Some have the custom to stand while reciting this. Being that it is only 26 psukim long, as compared with Halal HaMitzri, a.k.a. the colloquial Halal, we are used to saying in our prayers, uh, like in the new month, etc., it's clear that it's not because of its length that it gets its title. Side note, some commentaries explain that the number 26 psukim are significant in that it is the gematria, aka numerical value, of the name of Hashem, yud Hey vav Hey, but also that it takes note of the 26 generations from Adam and Eve until the Torah was given to us. The main theme of this psalm is giving praise or thanks to Hashem for all that he does for us. There is a few places in the Gemara, aka Talmud, that are significant to bring up in regards to Hallel, namely Gemara Shabbos 118b that explains that the only Hallel, aka praise, that is okay to say daily is that of Psuke de Zimra, which, lucky for you, we just started last episode 
150. Then Gemara Pesachim teaches us that instead of saying this great Hallel on, say, the new month, we are to say the Hallel Hemetri, which is surprising considering we call it a great Hallel. You would think it would be said on a regular as possible basis. Finally, in Gemara Brachot, it discusses how whoever says Ashrei, a.k.a. Psalm 145, three times a day merits the world to come. Basically, because it has both the Aleph Bet and the Pasuk Poteach et Yadacha Chayratzon, which means Hashem opens up your open up your hands, satiate all living things. That Pasuk is very similar to the second to last Pasuk in our Mizmor, Notein Lechem Basar, he gives bread to all living flesh, and yet our Mizmor is still not chosen as the great thing to say three times a day to merit the world to come. So, what is so great about this Mizmor? It seems like Psuke de Zimra, the other Hallel, and Ashrei are all greater according to what we just reviewed. Gemara Pesachim says it's called Halal Hagadol because Hashem sits at the heights of the universe and distributes mizonot, or food, to every creature. Other opinions understand that this second-to-last Pesach is the crux of this entire psalm. Some understand that it is food, like we said. Some understand that it is livelihood that Hashem ensures to give every day, etc. Okay, let's back up for a minute. In the first three psukim, there is the phrase Hodu Lahashem Kitov, which is considered a chazaka, meaning once said three times in a row, you should have it in mind to say at the beginning of every verse from then on. Mr. Rachmil Goldman on Torah Anytime beautifully explains Hodu Lahashem Kitov. Praise or give thanks to Hashem, Kitov, Hashem is good, and this doesn't mean he does good because we all do good. But God is intrinsically good. The essence of Hashem is good. There is a goodness to Hashem. It's not a one-time thing. It's not an every-so-often type thing. It's an intrinsic thing. Then there is a phrase at the end of each Pasuk, Kilo Lam Chasto, which Mr. Goldman goes on to explain a few different understandings, namely that it means that his kindness is forever, or Lo Lam could simply mean forever. It could mean constant or consistent, that it will always be there. It's a constant kindness from Hashem. Or Le'olam could mean for the world, that his kindness is for the whole entire world. So Hashem's kindness is forever, constant, and for the entire world. I love that deeper understanding he brings. But not everything mentioned in this Mizmor seems to be all roses and kindness, though. Okay, in Pasuk 4, we acknowledge that he alone does the great wonders of the world. And Yakut Shimoni says that Hashem does wonders that only he is aware of. That sometimes he's the only one that has full awareness that the miracle even is taking place. So that near-miss car accident, etc., Cool side note to think about all the miracles that Hashem doesn't need to take credit for, but does, again, because of his kindness, because he actually cares and is invested in our well-being. Okay, fine. Then Pasuk 5 is similarly nice. He makes the heavens with insight. 
right? Uh, Rabbi Daniel Friedman points out that if you contemplate the theory of general relativity that took Einstein 14 years to perfect, we learn the brilliance that the planets are orbiting each other, not by gravity between two objects, i.e. the sun and the earth, but it's the gravity which is acting on space and curving space itself. So cool. If you didn't understand, don't worry. I love science. But anyways, the point is we can be aware of just how important understanding all the things that are always going on around us are in order to be in awe of the insight and wisdom and kindness in which Hashem created things. But let's skip ahead to Pasuk 10. Lemaka Mitzrayim Bivchorehem, who struck Egypt with their firstborn. This doesn't sound so kind to all of his creations. There is actually a, a cool Midrash Tanhuma, though, with regards to the firstborns that didn't want to die because they saw all the plagues actually happen so far and kind of felt like the Egyptians would rather keep the Jews as slaves than having the firstborns live, essentially sentencing them to death. And the Midrash records that the firstborn actually killed 600,000 of their parents. The seeds of descent being sown within Egyptian society as a result of the non-submissiveness of a certain segment of the population. Lots of S's, sorry. Which to me highlights the potential argument that Hashem did kindly want to give a chance to the Egyptians to have an out, but ultimately determined their own fate as humans tend to do sometimes, even though God would have preferred it to go another way. And then there is Pasuk uh, uh, 14, the Ha'avir Yisrael Betocho, and made Israel pass through, referring to the splitting of the Sea of Reeds, which also cool fact that I was this many days old when I heard the opinion quoted by Mrs. Frank on Torah Anytime, that Bnei Israel didn't walk straight through to the other side of the Sea of Reeds. We actually went that she purports, we went in a semicircle into the Reed Sea and then out on the same side, and we just came out further along. The point was not to get to the other side then. The point was to lure the Egyptians in when they pursued us and cause them to drown. Because if you look at a map, you, you might see that they came out on the same side that they went in because they went from there to the Sinai Desert, and from Egypt to the Sinai Desert, one doesn't cross the Reed Sea. So that makes Pasuk 15 seem even harsher and not kind. Vini er paro v'chelo v'yamsuf, who hurled Paro and his army into the Yamsuf. It sounds brutal. Yeah, yes, we're, we were saved from our enemies, but is that kindness? The Midrash does say that the worst ones floated like straws and the good ones sunk like lead. So maybe there's that. And fun fact, apparently there's an archaeological dig that actually showed a pile of bones in the Sea of Reeds of wheels and people who died standing and no evidence of a shipwreck. Okay, but back on track. What about Pasuk 17 and 18 that talk about striking down and slaying great kings? Again, great for us, but where is the kindness for them? Well, Og, that is, that it, uh, it goes on to talk about here, along with Sihon, 
both of which who were tremendous and until then undefeatable monarchs, Og was understood to have been blessed with a long, powerful life because at one point he inadvertently helped Abraham. So Hashem showed him kindness in return for many years until we trusted Hashem and he helped us defeat them and gave their land in good time as an inheritance, as it points out in this psalm. As my husband points out, there is just such a broad display of chesed or kindness here, things that we don't typically think of as chesed. Many commentaries point out that getting back to the whole title of this psalm being Halal HaGadol, that we are seeing God in both the transcendent and in the imminent. And when we begin to ponder the intricacies of one, we can start to appreciate the closeness of the other and start to appreciate the kindness in the details. My husband pointed out that the second to last Pasuk that ultimately leads commentaries to understand that it is the core of the psalm specifically says that he gives lechem, bread, which is the quintessential example of the thing that can't be made without your effort. It doesn't just grow from the ground. It needs you to do the planting, etc. It also simultaneously is the thing that you need Hashem for. He needs to help it grow. Versus Poteach Ajadecha and Ashrei that we mentioned earlier that just talks about God providing what they need. God took care of it. But Lechem, we have a role in, we have a partnership in. So I would venture to say that this is the great Hallel, not only because we are thanking Hashem and recognize his great hand and the intricacies on a distant and intimate scale all along the way, but in Psalm 135, which is connected to this one, we just came to understand not only what he can do for us, but what we can do for him how we can appreciate our relationship with him. And I think this is one step further. What our role, yes, that is an intended pun on lechem, aka bread, what our, quote, role in all this is. In other words, are we going to look out for the ways in which he is involved in the things and trust? Or are we going to say, well, that looks like, things are going south, I'm going to be stubborn and steadfast and get angry and be defiant or however other reaction, name your reaction. A recent example that is currently resonating to bring this home. As some of you may have heard a couple of weeks ago, episodes ago, my daughter got bit by a dog a couple of weeks ago. Baruch Hashem, she is doing well. And despite this unfortunate and like, what the heck Hashem, why did this happen kind of situation, a seemingly random, not very kind set of circumstances, I had this feeling when the dust settled that I was meant to help the owner of the dog. It turns out the more I interacted with them that they did in fact need serious assistance, declining over the last month even more so. And they would not have gotten this help had their dog not bit my daughter. They happened to be a veteran and I happened to be a nurse at the VA and have been working quickly now to get them the resources that they need, Bezrat Hashem. If we truly feel into the meaning of what this Mizmor is trying to teach us, that ultimately Hashem is kind and wants good, even when it doesn't seem like he is, 
And in our goal to emulate him, we have to tune in and choose how we respond to the things that happen to us. I was actually surprised how many people suggested I should sue and press charges, etc. I can appreciate that reaction, but I'm grateful that the owner was kind and I was Baruch Hashem able to be curious instead about what was happening around me and felt more into the bigger picture of what was going on. If Hashem is providing every living creature with everything they need and I am supposed to be in a partnership somehow with him, as learned out from that lechem, that bread, I need to be curious and ask, what is my, quote, role in helping to ensure that this can happen? P.S. The name of the dog that bit my daughter was Ezekiel, a.k.a. God's Strength. all be able to feel into and be curious about the occurrences that take place in our lives and be able to find ways that we can help make hard situations better for all involved. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is for the merit that those who need a helping hand receive what they need in good time. Happy almost Thanksgiving for all who are celebrating. episode that you would like to sponsor or if you have any questions please email me at nurseNisa1 N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A the number one at gmail.com also don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes please subscribe and share thank you for joining